So I want to talk about activated grace. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been blessed. We've already been given everything, and it, and it doesn't have anything. I kind of referred to this a little bit today uh, uh, with, the, with the offering. Jesus has already provided every blessing, every promise we could ever need in our life has already been provided. And so we can sit back and say, well, what's the problem? Well, maybe there is something that we're supposed to do. That all grace has already been applied towards us. And, and, and let's just look at this word grace real quickly because what it is, it's the power of God that we have nothing to do with that's already ours, isn't it? It's, grace is how we're, we're saved. But it's not just grace alone, is it? It's through faith. There has to be an application of it. Or it's just sitting there. Yeah. You know, I had somebody give me a truck recently. And man, it's a nice truck. And, and it was given to me up in Colorado. Uh, and I could have just said, man, I got a truck. And go get on the plane, go home. And that truck is still mine. Still sitting up there in Colorado. Yeah. Man, it's a nice truck. <laughs> you know what I did? I had the opportunity to fly home. I said, no, I'm driving home. My wife and I drove home. <laughs> she does not like that trip. <laughs> but but we, we made that trip because you know what? Grace had been given to me for a truck. And it wasn't going to be unactivated. It wasn't going to be a gift in vain. <laughs> you know what? We have this happen with our kids. Give them instruments. How many gifts have you given your kids and they were gifts in vain? They accomplished absolutely nothing. Why? This is just a, an imagination I'm just having right now. I'm just trying to relate to everybody else. Okay? <laughs> no, Hunter did pretty good. but And Hayden did good too. But, you know, um, but we do have a piano sitting in our house. It's kind of sitting there in vain somewhat. I'll just put it like that. Okay. <laughs> her dad gave it to her. And she never played it. And it's still sitting there. I tried to tune it once, but, man, it's getting so out of tune now. It's just hard to play, you know. Um, <clears throat> but. There's a need for there to be an activation of a gift if it's going to be any good to us. And, and there's, there's, this, this, uh, this, there's this perception of grace that's going on in the church somewhat. And I haven't been exposed to it that much, but I, I understand it's, it's a kind of a thing that you don't have to do anything at all. And actually, we, we, we knew this pastor pretty well that, uh, man, he took, he took this thing of grace to the point where we don't have to do anything at all. That everybody is already saved. <laughs> it doesn't matter how they're living. It doesn't matter anything. They're already saved. Well, <laughs> Jesus came to, to provide the gift of life. And it's everybody's on the whole world today. That, that's true. Yeah. But it does you absolutely no good at all. 
until you do something with it. You have to activate it. So, Paul talks about this, and I'm so glad that Paul actually utilized this, this phrase. He said, I don't want you to have received grace in vain. That means it's not doing you any good at all, right? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15.10. So, <clears throat> he's talking about himself, and he's talking about how, he said, I am the least of all the apostles, because I was the one that was actually trying to kill everybody, right? <clears throat> but he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. What does that mean? Has nothing to do with me, but it was given to me. <laughs> now, it, it's, it's like Pastor Kim was talking to Ryan. She said, comparisons are the biggest detriments to us. Because we're looking at the outside, and, and, and Paul said, just don't be looking at the outside right now, because I am what I am because of something that's completely separate from the outside. Right. It's who God is in me. Yes. But I didn't allow it to just be a reality that he's there. I didn't just leave the truck in Colorado. Yeah. I drove it. And his grace toward me was not... In vain. So he, he, he didn't stop there. Though. What does he say? But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I. <laughs> Paul had this way of, of, of sounding like he's in pride, but he's just making a statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? He says, I speak in tongues more than everybody else. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, and Moses was the same way. Moses said, uh, Moses is the most humble person in the whole world, you know. Well, when you're, making a, uh, when you're making a declaration, that's actually a declaration of faith, too. He said, I'm, I'm somebody that, that obeys what God says. And so I will have nobody that's better than me at this. <laughs> now, that's not being pompous. It's, it's just a determination in my life. And how do, you, how do you get to that place? Not by saying that, well, everybody else is better than me. That's, that's, what called, that's, that's why I'm so humble. No. No, you say, no. I'm going to take everything that I've been given. Yeah. And I'm doing something with it. Yeah. Right? Yes. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Who's he talking about? The other apostles, the other disciples, right? He said, because what I was given, I've done something with it. I've applied it. It's become activated in me, right? Yeah. But the grace, as he said, uh, I did that more than they all. And then, then he said this too, which was really cool. He said, yet it wasn't just me that was doing it either, but the grace of God, which was with me. Now, it didn't say which was the grace of God that was doing it for me. He said, it was the grace of God that was with me. Our will is something that God values very highly. He's not going to compromise our will. He's not going to force us to do something. In fact, he says, he, he makes it so special that he provides salvation. He provides grace towards us. And he says, you don't have to have it. It's sitting there for you. And you can do as much with it as you want to do. But as soon as you make a faith move, it's no longer just you. 
It's never you just doing it yourself. And, and in that, it's true. It's never you just doing something. As soon as you make a move, the power of God's going with you, empowering you. Amen? Isn't that good? Aren't you glad how, how God's put this together? 2 Corinthians 6, 1. Until grace produces God results, its reception is in vain. There has to be some results going on. Or his grace that's been provided is just in vain. So we have to admit, first of all, that, that there can be a vain grace. Right? And Paul has said that. We're going to see it here in another place. But we then, as workers together with him, also plead with you. So he's pleading with them. That means they have something to do with it, right? Now, this is, this is the guy that got all the revelation about who Jesus is, and he's pleading. He's not pleading with sinners. I mean, he's not pleading with unsaved. They might be sinning from time to time. But, but he's pleading with people that already are born again to do what? To not receive the grace of God. How? In vain. That means we're going to have to do something about it. I just want to encourage you. Whatever you're going through today, it's not because grace hasn't already been provided for you. And it's not a reason to become condemned that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. What this is, is an opportunity to say, oh, that's how it works. You know what I love? Well, just real quick, my, my Jeep, man, I was trying to go in reverse, and a little gasket came off the shifter. I thought the transmission was messed up because it just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't go into gear or anything. And... Uh, I could have just parked the Jeep and, and said, well, I guess it's just messed up. I just, I can't fix it. But you know what? I love being, a, don't, don't you love YouTube and Google? I mean, I, I don't like, I don't have like a real heart connection with them or anything like that. But, but, but you know, I don't have to just leave stuff the way it is. And I'm glad there's an answer there for me. You know what I mean? And I, and I went right away, sat there in the hot Jeep, and I, oh, that's what's wrong. It's a stupid little plastic piece that gets brittle and breaks. And, and, and this, is a four, this is an off-road vehicle that its ability to move is based upon this little stupid thing. And I ordered the replacement, and it didn't work, and ordered another replacement. And so I went down and found something myself at, at Auto. There was a way. There was a way to do it. And, and God says, you know what? Don't just put up with stuff. There's a way. Find out that my grace is sufficient for you. Not to just help you keep staying where you're at, but to empower you. Okay. All right. Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 6, 11. Through everything that might close the heart, there is grace to keep it open. Now, what I want to see is a, is a key here today is in order for grace to be activated, it requires an open heart. Now, this is key. Get this with me, okay? Because what happens that, that closes down our hearts is discouragement, sin, right? Um, ignorance, just not knowing, right? And as soon as the heart gets 
shut down. And, and this is life experiences that are coming towards us. Some people say that God did this to me so I'd learn this. No, <laughs> the world did this to you and in God you can learn something. He does not tempt us. He doesn't say, well, I'm just gonna see if they can take this. No, that's not God. He's a good father. He says, don't do that and you won't have a problem. But if you do, if you go ahead and do it, he's gonna say, okay, now let's learn a lesson from that. Let's don't keep going that way, right? So what's interesting about this, this, this chapter, though, is, is he talks about this and he, and he says, what, what, what we need to have is an open heart. What is that open heart? That's an open heart of believing in spite of what's going on in the world around me. Because that's a lot of times why grace is sitting there is because you don't believe in it because of something you're going through. Instead of allowing what you're going through to activate grace, you allow it to shut your heart down. And as soon as your heart gets shut down, you can't activate grace. Can you see this? All right, let's look at this. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Let me see here. Make sure I got that. Yeah. So the verse we were just looking at was at the first part of this chapter. And he said, I plead with you to, uh, to not let receive grace uh, in vain, right? And then he starts talking about the heart here. And, and he goes through several examples, and I don't want to read the whole chapter here, but in between here and these, this next passage we're fixing to read, he goes through a lot of, of uh, things that have to do with knowledge and understanding, and then he says, we go through things that would be discouraging. We go through, and then we go through them as if they don't bother us at all. I'm just kind of summarizing this, okay? But he's saying, we're, we go through uh, what, what should be defeating us and we do it as if it's not even a factor in our life. And he's demonstrating that the, the circumstances, the experiences of life, they do not, when we keep our heart open, grace turns them and causes us to be victorious in them. Okay, and then we get to this uh, the 11th verse after this, he says, oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. He said, this is what we've done. In fact, we've gone through all of these things in our life that have been, how many know Paul went through some trials and tribulations, shipwreck. He was stoned, not with drugs. He was, you know, he was, he was a stoner. <laughs> no. He, <laughs> He had people treat him really bad. People that he laid his life down for. They went following all after these, these fancy preachers. And he said, man, I'm the one that, that did all this for you. And this is part of his, his, his persuasion here. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm pleading with you to keep an open heart here and to not receive grace in vain, but I'm doing it from an example that I've set for you. He said, Everything I've gone through here has been with a purpose of taking you to some place that grace has already provided for you, right? So he says, I, I, we've, token, talk, we've, we've spoken openly. I've been transparent. I haven't pretended to be like something I'm not, right? Our heart is wide open. 
What enabled Paul to be victorious in everything? In all these things, I am still more than a conqueror. What caused that to be a statement that he wasn't just throwing stuff up in the air? It's because his heart was always open. He never allowed his heart to get closed. He never allowed there be a, to be doubt and unbelief come in because of something he was experiencing in the world. Right? You are not restricted by us. He said, you're not going to find an accusation against us, uh, from us. He said, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. So what's he saying about these affections? There are things in, in life. How do they overcome us? How do they cause? Because we love this life too much. It's too big of a deal if we're going through something. Does this make sense? And Paul says, you know what? I'm talking to you like kids, like you don't know better. But I'm telling you right now, what you need to do is to keep your heart open also. No matter what you're going through, just don't let your heart get down. Because grace is sitting there. And it will actually turn what you're in the middle of into an activation of grace, God's power, if your heart doesn't get closed. Oh, man. Are you with me on this? So how does our heart open? Because, you know, this can be like, oh, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. So now i got something else to do. i got to get my heart open. (laughs) Not only do I feel bad, but now I feel bad for not having an open heart. That makes sense. <laughs> now, here's what's really cool about this, because I think this is something we're strong in as, as a body here. But it's something that God has given us a tool that will take care of our heart when the world is coming against us. When things are coming against us and trying to defeat us, sickness, whatever's coming at us, the battle is where? It's in our mind because of what our mind is doing to our heart. That's why it's so important to get something else in our mouth because it's affecting what's in our mind. And if we're not doing it intentionally, if we're not putting the the word of God in in our mouth, if we're not thinking on that intentionally, if we're not thinking about things that are good and lovely and good report, if we're not doing those things intentionally, what's happening to our heart? If we're just watching the news, if we're just watching cable, if, we're just, if our input is only the things from the world, what's happening to our heart? And what's happening is he, he calls it your affections are what are restricting you. It's closing your heart. It's causing your heart to not be open to the truth. And grace only gets released from an open heart. Man, if we can just get this. Okay, grace only gets released from an open heart. So in worship, the heart is opened to activate grace. Now, I want to I just want really want to encourage you in this. We come together. We sang. We sing some songs, but I I just want to encourage you. Songs aren't worship. We don't worship songs. (laughs) We worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We worship the great I am. So what is worship then? 
Worship is an intense gaze upon this being that's already always there with us. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulations, but be what? Of good cheer? Because I've overcome the world. And he says, go into all the world, and lo, I am with you always. So, in any situation, if Jesus were actually there with you, how would you act? What would be the look on your face? How would you be treating somebody that's really under your skin? You know? How would you be, how would you be serving at your job? Jesus shows up next to you. It's, it's, a, it's a thing where you normally uh, might become lax. He's right there. Man, you're going to be working, aren't you? You're going to be, because worship is an attitude you have to the presence of God that is continual. And here's what happens to a heart that becomes restricted by affections. It loses awareness of his presence. And it loses worship. You're no longer worshiping him. If you're not even aware that he's there, how can you worship him? If you're so, if, if your affections are on the world and you're on your phone and all you can do is, is, is look at what other people are saying all the time, how in the world are you worshiping him? And how in the world can your heart not be closed towards him? Are you with me? <laughs> and how in the world will the grace that he's already provided be activated to bring victory into your life? It cannot happen. Right? I thought this was a really interesting passage because it's directly, directly related. And I don't really see too many others that say it this clearly from the word. But it says, now there was a certain woman named Lydia. Uh, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Who, what did she do? She worshiped God. This kind of sounds like Cornelius, doesn't it? This, this, the guy that Peter had the vision about. You know, what, what, what set him apart? He worshiped God. And what is this worshiping of God? Man, I, I really encourage you. Let's don't just, let's don't just put it into the Spotify worship account or worship playlist thing. You know, where, uh, okay, now I'm going to do everything else that I want to do while I listen to worship, you know? And no, it's, it's actually being aware of his presence. It says acknowledge uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. <laughs> Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What does that mean he will direct your path? That means his grace will come and it will propel you on his path. But only as you're acknowledging him. And that, that's really what worship is. It's saying, God, what do you have to say about this right now? Here's this woman named Lydia. Wouldn't it be cool to have your name named in the Bible just because, and, you, and it said, they worshiped. Doesn't describe what that is, but it was worship. Cornelius, he, he received the Holy Spirit, because, and he was a Gentile because he worshiped, right? And he gave. <laughs> okay. The Lord did what? Opened her heart. Isn't this cool? So we don't have to try to open our heart. We just go to him. And as we worship him, 
as we acknowledge him. And what's really cool about what I just said about this is you don't have to wait till the weekend. You don't have to go somewhere. He's right there with you right now. You don't have to go to some revival somewhere and, and just hope that you get overwhelmed by some glory cloud. You might want to do that because it's fun, but you don't have to wait. No. Grace is here right now. It just needs to be activated. It needs an open heart. <laughs> and he says, you know what? God's going to open your heart. You trust him to open your heart. This needs to be something that we, we do by faith when we're worshiping him. God, I need my heart opened right now. I'm having a problem with something that's going on around me. I need my heart to be, I don't like this cloud. I don't like this restriction. Release me from the affections of this world so that my heart can be open to everything that you have. I want the power of your grace. <laughs> Amen. And then what happened when there was an openness of the heart to heed the things spoken by Paul? There is a word from God that is grace to you in the moment, that is the answer for you in the moment. But it will do you no good to just go get that verse if your heart's closed. Worship has to be with it. You see this? Okay. <sighs> Praise God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2.14. There is a grace for God, empowerment, wherever we go to make Christ visible. So I, I really like this. I like this, this uh, version of this that helps us to see this. It puts grace right in the middle of this. It's a triumph that God has already put upon us in grace. It says God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. He says, this grace is an ongoing thing that you get to be a part of. It's, it's, it's everything that you would ever need to be victorious, and it's already provided for you. It's the power of God. Something you don't deserve at all, but you just have to activate, right? Through your yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. So what I want to point out to here real quick is there's different forms of grace. We need grace in different ways in our life. We need grace in relationships. We need grace in just being able to think straight. <laughs> is this just me talking? Just to be able to think straight, to be able to understand what's going on, to be able to know what's the truth. You know, I'm in the middle of writing a song right now. How do you know if what you're following is the truth? It's going to need to be that inner voice of the Spirit, isn't it? It's going to need to be able to follow that. <laughs> but grace, so God makes his grace available to us continually. But it's supposed to be something that's wherever we go. Yeah, that's true. So many different applications in our life. This is what I want to get to. This is critical for, for us to get this today. So stay with me, okay? So we need an open heart, right? <laughs> we don't want to have vain grace. We want to have an open heart so it won't be vain, right. right? And then we need to understand that you don't just get to pick and choose your, your grace. The grace overlaps. So once you've opened your heart up to God, there's going to be other forms that might cause you to make some adjustments yourself. That you might have to, you might have to receive some revelation 
in order for the grace to be applied in all aspects of your life. So when, when our heart gets opened up before him in worship, he's going to say, okay, now here's what you need to see. Here's some revelation you need to have in this area. Okay, let me just hit this real quick. First Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to another one, one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That means there's a whole bunch of grace, isn't it? It's coming at us in different ways. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. This grace is going to be applied in a lot of different ways. Now, what was this talking about? This wasn't something coming to me, was it? This wasn't grace to forgive sins. This is grace to minister. That means we need something besides us. I guarantee you right now, I believe, and I say this by faith, that truth is coming to us that will transform us. Because I am relying upon the Spirit of God. The grace of God. I am being faithful to get up here and doing something that isn't natural for me in my personality. But I'm going to do it with everything that's within me. Because I believe that as I open my mouth, the grace of God is filling it with empowerment that will transform you. That's my purpose in doing this. I'm not doing this for myself at all. Amen? But this is what he wants for each one of us. He says, you know what? For the grace that's sitting there in vain in those areas that you want to see a release, he said, there's some other grace that if you'll take care of this grace, it will awaken, it will activate those other areas also because they're connected. Even though they're in different forms, they're all connected. Okay? Can you see this? So he talks about that in the area of ministry. Now let's, let's keep going here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8. An open heart maintains faith in God no matter the circumstances. Grace to bless precedes provision to bless. So this is what happens. <clears throat> Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And this is going to be an example that I want to give to you. This has to do with giving. Okay? And sometimes we don't think, and in, 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 in we just had a, a wonderful opportunity to, to, uh, to give today. But I want to look at this as an aspect of the grace of God. Because Paul makes it very clear in this passage. It's really cool. <clears throat> He's talking about the church of Macedonia. And he, and he likes to talk about Mas- the church of Macedonia because they were very benevolent. He said, they are so willing to do this that because of their willingness... It activates God's grace because they don't have the money to do it. But God provides the money because they're willing. He said, oh, if you're willing, I'll make sure that you can. And he says, this is how it is with the grace of God in all aspects of our life. But very clearly in the area of giving, he says, if you have a willing heart, if your heart is open, if you don't close it down and say, no, I I see a lot of reasons why that shouldn't happen. No, no. There is no holding back in God. There's no less than enough in God. It's more than enough, right? <laughs> and he said, the church of Macedonia, they're so cool at this because they're, they're willing and because they're willing, they activate the grace of God in this area. 
And it causes them to be able to give extravagantly. They don't like to just give a little bit. They like to give a lot and they get really happy about it. And it's interesting. He says, you know what? That goes up before God, but it also goes up before man because it becomes an inspiration for somebody else. So let's look at that. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. I thought that's such a great statement. Because, I mean, this is having to do with, with finances. But it's the attitude of the open heart that is activating the grace of God. You see it? I think it's great. <laughs> it said, in a great trial of affliction, something that should have been getting them down and making them to be, fe- to, to be defeated, because of their joy and because of their, their willingness and, their, and, and their, the openness of their heart, what did it do? It activated the grace of God. And it caused them to be able to give in, a, in, a, in great riches in the liberality. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 7. I want to get this out to you. This is good stuff, all right? Abounding in one grace doesn't negate the need for all. Okay, so this is in the same chapter, a little bit further down. It says, but as you abound in everything, and again, look at this. What is this abounding? This is grace. So he's given all these different forms of grace, right? In faith. How is grace operating in faith? Well, you don't. God's not going to do anything unless faith is involved, right? But what are you doing when you speak faith? You're speaking things that be not as though they were, aren't you? And what happens when you do that? You do it from a, you, you precede the need with the statement. That's why you begin to say things over yourself before it looks like it. Why? Because when you say it, it activates grace. Right? You say, okay, this, you're, you're already doing this, right? You're already doing faith. In speech, it's like what I just said about myself. I'm going to get up here and talk. And I believe that when I talk, it's going to be God talking. Now, I want to challenge us in this. God wants to do this in all of us. You don't have to get in front of, up in front of a church. But there's a neighbor. You know, he's talking with Gloria, you know. There's, there's somebody you can, you can talk to. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, but you can tell a testimony. That's what she was saying. She said, you know, somebody's going through something, and I've gone through the same thing. And all I did was begin to tell them how God has met my need. And you know what? As soon as you begin to step out of yourself, and step out of I can't do this, I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped to do this, he said, that's grace. Okay? Okay? That was speech, right? In knowledge. I don't know enough. God says, no. I'll take the little that you do and I'll do something with it. And I'll cause you to be a, a ravenous for knowledge. I'll, I'll fill up everything that you need to know. That's a grace, isn't it? Isn't it cool? This is grace in so many different ways, isn't it? But we have to act on these things, don't we? In all diligence. (laughs) Sometimes we need a motor in our get up and go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Got a lot of people just wanting to sit back and give me that $36,000 so I can do nothing. No, he says, you know what? Our life on this earth is such a brief thing. It's just a breath. 
We need to be, I thought this is cool. Grace gets involved with our production. Causes us to be productive in our families, in our jobs, in our church. Amen? And in your love for us, he's making a faith statement. <laughs> right? <laughs> that means where you're doing everything on, for the benefit of somebody else. That requires grace. And you know, as soon as you, you get that understanding and you begin to step out in that, God said, I'm going to support that. But look at what he says next. See that you also abound in this grace also. What's he talking about? Giving. He's spending this whole chapter talking about give, the grace of giving. Now, what I, what I want us to see in this, stay with me, okay? What I want us to see in this is he's going to make a correlation between what you're doing with this grace of giving and how it affects the other graces in your life, okay? All right. <clears throat> All right, before, before we get to that, let's look at what Jesus did about this. Okay, this is 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that Jesus had grace upon him? He said, the Father empowers me to do what I do. And, and we've looked at this as like he did this so that uh, he, he became poor so that we could be rich. And that's, this is what it says. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He says, he's not just saying this as a statement that we can stand upon, that I can be rich now because Jesus. No, he's saying this is an example for you. To let go of any riches that you think you have with an attitude that you want somebody else to be blessed. And he said, you're never gonna get ahead of me on this. Because you start to do this, what happened to Jesus when that was the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? He got such a return on his investment that far outshadowed what he left. And he said, this is the attitude we have in this. He got back more than just his life. He got back more than just the riches of heaven. Amen? All right, let me just get to this. So by caring for the grace of giving, there is openness to all grace for every opportunity. So God sees the giving of Jesus was such a powerful uh, demonstration of the grace of God towards us, right? That he considers it to be one of the core things that we do in order to activate the other graces in our life. But we can see this, that in any of these things that God's wanting to do in our life, there needs to be this openness of heart to them, that we don't shut our heart down to them. Because look at what it has, has to do with just in the area of giving. Isn't it wonderful to give? It's better to give than to receive, isn't it? But look at a, at a critical reason why it's better. Look at this. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, what is, why are you purposing? Well, let's, let's, let's look at why we might make a decision on how, how we're giving, okay? And God is able to make all, all grace. Is he talking about just riches grace? He says all grace. 
He says, you get faithful to take care of not closing your heart up in this one area. Now, I believe we can begin to relate this to other areas too, faith, speech. Just don't get your heart closed to anything. Don't say, I'm not going to do that. Because what it does is it shuts down your faith, your ability to activate grace in all areas. I like this. It says, God is able. He's more than able, isn't he? To make all grace abound towards you. That means not just a little bit, abound. That means come at you like you're more than you can receive. Does that sound like a good idea, right? That you all, always having all sufficiency in all things. Does that say just financial? But it started off with having an open heart to giving, didn't it? And it said, you have an open heart to one area of grace, and it will awaken all areas of grace. Can you see this? Man, this helps. It's, it's like a, a great YouTube or a Google on how to fix my Jeep. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's a way. God, show me. I'm going to come to you and worship. Open my heart when I come. Help me to see an area of your grace that my heart is closed down towards. And help it to be opened up. Help me to be willing. Help me to be excited about this. Amen? Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every, for every good work. <laughs> Abounding in one grace doesn't negate the need for all. That was supposed to be a title there. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech. Oh, I already read that one, didn't I? Okay. All right. Isn't that good, though? And I want to just go back real quick because this is, this is the heart of God for this. Yeah. Is God doesn't want to just grace us in one area of our life. Right. And, and this was something I think that Pastor Kim was kind of referring to, to with Ryan. Is we can get a handle on one thing and we can become proud about that thing. Right. You know what I mean? Man, I, I got more faith than you. Watch this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, in giving, you can become proud of that. Yeah. It's, it's not a reason to become proud. It's a, it's a reason to activate the grace of God in every area of your life. So that wherever you're walking, it's smelling, it's looking. It's a display of the grace of God. Amen? <laughs> so grace, we've received it already. It's already sitting in our driveway. But how's it gonna be, how is it going to get activated? Through a What? An open heart, right? And how does the heart get open? In worship, right? That's where you're taking what God says and you're letting it become your actions, right? Okay, and then how you treat one of his graces is gonna affect what? All of them, if your heart is open, amen? Amen. 